Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked Morning Podcast. And I'm Chad Huffman. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. We have a quick rundown of today's and this week's events. Uh, today is National Living Donor Day. That's a, that's a very important day. I don't know about you guys, but I got the little heart on my driver's license to say I'm a uh, living donor and I'm willing uh, to give it the organs when I don't need them anymore. But um, there's actually a little known thing. If you are a donor, have the conversation with your significant other and your family and those who make medical decisions when you're not able to, because the ultimate last and final say is your spouse, your children, your your significant others get to say, yes, I will allow the organs to be donated. Um, and this can sometimes be a little unsettling because the, the medical team might say, do you want to do eyes? Do you want to do heart? Do you want to do lungs? Do you want to do skin? And these, if you don't have these in-depth conversations with your loved ones, they might get overwhelmed and stop the donation process. Um, so National Living Donor Day, great time to uh, uh, to go to to the uh, donor websites and sign up for that stuff and definitely have that conversation with your loved ones who are going to be that decision-making process. Awesome. My wife is all in. She's all about recycling. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dave. I love that. That, That's awesome. Tell her, well, actually don't tell her. I'm trying to keep her self-esteem low, right? (laughs) If you do Dave's wife, you know, there's not a self-esteem issue. Oh, man. Uh, today is also National 8-Track Day. Some of us might remember 8-Tracks. Um, um, for me, um, I have a distinction of owning Super Tramp Breakfast in America in 8-Track, cassette, vinyl, CD, and I'm sure I've downloaded it from, from the uh, music store as well. But my favorite 8-Track story is I had a 1965 Chevy Bel Air, uh, three-speed on the tree. Uh, you older oh. folks know exactly what I'm talking about. And they had one eight-track stuck in the eight-track player, five megawatt with uh, two uh, uh, six-by-nine speakers in the back dash. And that eight-track that was the only song you could listen to, only music you listened to in that hot rod was Kenny Rogers and the <laughs> first edition back when he was a rock star. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like some Kenny Rogers. Yeah, uh, Dave, you got any eight track, uh, eight track uh, uh, stories or? You oh yeah, tap I was out cool of that kid. One. I had the I had the portable eight track, the uh, but from Sears with the speakers that split, and mine was Steve Miller Book of Dreams. <laughs> Makes me want to go back and listen to that today for a little bit. So <laughs> you have to find that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, last thing is today is also National Pet Day. National Pet Day. So, so, Chad, what what are your pets and are they present? I have three pets. None, they are not present currently around me. Three cats. We have uh, Charlie, Samson, and Molly, uh, all siblings. And Charlie is probably by far uh the favorite he cuddles he's almost like a dog he's definitely my wife's favorite um and they are we've had them for about a year and so the kids love them and they are basically in-house cats and those are what we have our pets 
Dave, you're uh, you have a cat that's a dog, don't you? I do. <laughs> Lays at your feet, between your leg, bags, jumps up on you for treats. Yeah, he's he's half dog. He's cat dog for sure. <laughs> well, our uh, our pets are uh, we have what I call Noah's Ark. We have uh, two Dachshunds and two two Aussies, and. Um, the Dachshunds are definitely my wife's dogs and the Aussies are, they're insane in their mind. Uh, good fit. Uh, but um, uh, the oldest Dachshund Rufus, uh, I have a little doggy bed and he actually comes to work with me every day. And I, I call his doggy bed uh, his workstation. And uh, if I'm in my office, like today, we're recording this in the, um, about five 30 this morning, but if I'm in the office at four, four thirty in the morning, he's here with me. And if I don't get up and walk out the door until six, seven o'clock at night, he is here. He's a very dedicated employee until mom calls him. And then, then, you know, then he'll go work for her employer for a while. But right now we have two studio guests of, uh, I have, uh, the boys are with me, which is one of the Aussies and one of the dash owns and they are hard at work snoring and you might be able to actually hear them during the podcast so happy national pet day to all of our pet people um i used to say we were also fish parents too and we had uh uh, a fish and then we had b fish and we had c fish and uh but those have all left us in the last year so we're down to just noah's ark of dogs happy national pet day no no all right today's topic um is spring weather changes but i wanted to talk a little bit about yesterday in um Louisville, Kentucky, we had another workplace violence co-worker on co-worker event happen. Currently, yeah. the death total is up to five. Um, oh, well. One of them does include the the shooter. But this was a um, co-worker on co-worker event where a co-worker walked in or former co-worker walked in and targeted um, his co-workers. Um, uh, the, the, the drama behind this is it's just terrible is that it was live streamed. And there are still people in critical condition, including a very heroic police officer who charged into the gunfire to to uh, save lives. And uh, we don't have all the details yet, but we talked at length uh, uh, on Friday, Good Friday. That would be the seventh. And if you're looking at our at our podcast, they're, they're dated, so it'd be April seventh, twenty twenty three, where we talked about workplace violence and coworker on coworker. Um, a terrible situation and we had given some strategies that it's 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 hard to say i'm going to lock myself in a room we talked about the fbi's uh, training material of of uh, run fight run hide fight and that that was free uh dave do you have any comments on 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 strategies that uh we can do to lessen coworker on coworker violence thinking back to the elimination uh stages rather than the PPE stages uh uh or policies and procedures. Do you have any input you'd like to to add to last Friday's discussion? Um sure. Uh it's difficult to say always keep it light at work, but uh you should uh you should watch out for each other. And when I say watch out, not with a su- suspicious eye, I say, you know, changes in behavior um are not always necessarily uh acting out sometimes it's isolation silence from someone who's quiet so if you see big changes in behavior um let somebody know if you're not comfortable with talking to that person uh speak to your supervisor yep good good answer uh chad any uh any afterthoughts on 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 that as well just made me think of um 
you know, something terrible was happening again. And um, this time, uh, while we, I don't, at least I don't think that we have the footage. I know, I think Meta and uh, Instagram, I think it was being streamed on Instagram, took the video down as soon as they could. It's the first one I've ever heard of that I know of where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the the shooter himself, right, who was streaming this. That so is my setting up. That's your understanding. Yeah, that's my understanding, too. But not the first time we've had this happen before where uh, it, it's up there. That's why Meta had the um, the ability to to filter and cut so quickly. It's uh, yeah. uh, I recall several other uh, events and um where this has happened before that's why we have the, the technology it's just it's sad and it continues and and it's to me it's very uh the the irony is there that we're in workplace violence month and we continue to have these workplace violence situation yeah that's right um, and I, I would end this this brief discussion by saying if you are struggling with with mental health uh issues uh and anger and frustration at work don't lash out. Don't lash out at former coworkers. Seek professional help. Um, uh, call someone. Talk to someone. Uh, and if you see a coworker who's in distress or maybe in distress, uh, if you see something, say something. There are uh, services out there. Um, it doesn't have to get to this point. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. So Agreed. talk about a roller coaster of weather. We're in spring weather mode. I think uh, last. Uh, Thursday or Wednesday, it was, uh, where we live here in the Carolinas, it was in the high eighties and, 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 uh, uh, the little, uh, unofficial thermometer outside of my office, uh, on the outside wall said it was in the nineties. And right now that same thermometer says it's 34 degrees outside. We have had oh, yeah. some wicked, uh, wind or, uh, temperature changes. We got about, um, I think they said Saturday we got three inches of rain in our area in one day. Oh, wow. Which that in itself is a lot. However, we had about three inches the day before and about two inches after that. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the, where we're getting at is the weather changes in springtime and it changes dramatically. Uh, when, when uh, Dave and I, many, 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 many years ago, lived in Texas, there was an old saying that said, uh, "If you don't like to wait, if you don't like the weather here in Texas, wait five minutes." <laughs> and that was a saying down there where we had all this uh, this weather changes. And spring is that time. Uh, so we're going to talk today about um, spring weather and what to do. And I, and I will point out that um, weather.gov. Uh, is actually a huge resource and the FEMA folks are great resources and having emergency action plans available. So as we start talking through what we can do to protect ourselves, I want to point out that we have those resources available. Um, so so um, things that can happen in springtime, tornadoes. Has anybody here ever lived through a tornado that directly impacted them? So... Um, I have not. It's, it's you're very fortunate. Uh, um, uh, Dave and I uh, uh, a long time ago in the military, we, we had uh, we were stationed at uh, uh, Fort Hood. Fort Hood. Um, on a side note, have they changed the name of Fort Hood? They've changed so many military bases. Names Fort Bragg is now Fort uh, uh, Fort Freedom, I think. Fort Liberty. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. If Fort Hood. Right. I want to start using the right name. 
for Fort Hood rather back then, but uh, uh, there was actually a tornado that struck uh, while we were stationed down there that was pretty pretty impactful. Um, we we've all uh, uh, been through thunderstorms. Um, uh, lightning is huge, especially for our listeners who are in in construction. You're out in the middle. Uh, it's different when the building is up and contained and you have some kind of protection. Uh, but all these things are very, very impactful when you have um, when you have a, 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 what we call a a green site or a brown site, which is you don't have a building. It's just ground or it's, it's a skeleton without walls and you have lightning strikes. Um, uh, I had a client uh, we were actually providing services on in a solar farm and it was about a half mile to the storm shelter. So so you talk about moving uh, 50, 60 construction workers a half mile to shelter. Lightning was a huge deal um flooding yeah, know your signals folks know your signals and obey the lightning stand down when you're on the job site so so if it says lightning is 30 miles away you don't have 30 minutes that storm could be moving at 30 miles an hour and you've got a minute uh before the outer edges start hitting you um on there uh, uh actually right here uh where we're where i'm uh uh recording this podcast from i was doing a live webinar about 10 years ago and the tornado alert went off and the tornado was moving at 90 miles an hour and it was Whoa. less than five miles from my house so i literally said folks this this is over <laughs> and just hit the, the stop button and went down to the basement and fortunately it, it stayed well west of us by about two miles so um yes yes flooding um Heat. Now, I want to talk a little bit about heat because uh, as temperatures go from 85 to 30 back to 85 again, uh, people don't always prepare properly. And we're going to be doing a series, and I think, Dave, you're spearheading this for for uh, Exceed Safety, is that you're going to be doing some heat uh, um, awareness stuff, uh, podcasts and articles coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um and our yeah, final yeah, I will. We're going to talk about things like hydration um, and what you might be doing right, what you might be doing not so right, um, and then and how important it is. Um, you know, staying out of direct heat, dressing appropriately, things of that that nature. Uh, yeah. Signs to look for. Um, so you may you might may find some different twists on what I say um, because there's a lot of new science that's come out regarding hydration. Um, and I'm geeky about that stuff and keep up with it. So, oh yeah. <laughs> and our final point <laughs> is um, spring break safety. Did you know you are seven times more likely to be hurt at home than you are at work? So when you take the weekend off and you're out working in your backyard building a fire pit, that's what I was know, doing. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, uh, you could overexert or strain yourself, and uh, that makes you not available to your employer. But for those of you who are safety people, HR people who are listening, those injuries creep into the workplace and become comp injuries. Not that the employee is bringing a, a workplace or a home injury into the workplace, but if you significantly aggravate a, a personal injury, you're, the employer is going to be liable for that, and it becomes OSHA recordable. So, oh, wow. so spring break safety is a pretty big uh, thing when you're talking about safety off of work and if you're out at the beach or or, or uh things like that we actually had a uh, pretty substantial event down in south carolina at a resort where several people were injured uh on that and that affects you in the workplace as well so 
So how do we solve all these problems, guys? What can we do about this? And we know that the hierarchy of controls talks about elimination. Is there a way to eliminate weather hazards? Uh, you can't eliminate the weather, Tim. Okay. Hey, just, none, I wanted, I wanted somebody to validate me that you can't live <laughs> in a vacuum of space. Uh, um, uh, I, my joke is I'm, I'm originally from Wisconsin where it is wickedly cold all the time. It snows a lot. Substitution. I substituted Wisconsin weather for North Carolina weather. And uh, <laughs> I tried California <laughs> weather. I tried Texas weather. I kind of dig the North Carolina weather. So, so there's, that's my joke on substitution. So I am in the same place. So, you know, I bounced around my last, my last home was Florida. And then here, originally Pennsylvania, Texas did all those. North Carolina is very temperate. Yes. So, uh, uh, Chad, you've done the California thing. and uh, uh, Yeah, did the California thing. And uh, it was, it was crazy. It was, you know, mostly warm. Most people would like it, but I was missing the, the cooler weather. I, I like cold, cooler weather. Um but we'd get rain occasionally. Uh, we we've been moved for a few years now, but they're you know they're getting pounded. What recently with these crazy storms, snow, tons of rain, um, and so you come back to North Carolina. I think growing up here in North Carolina too, I kind of assumed the seasons were mostly what they were supposed to be. But now as I'm older, it's like. Oh yeah, no, I, I was not following any of this correctly at all because it was eighty <laughs> degrees and now it's thirty, and uh, you know, guess you just don't pay attention to that when you're a kid. I don't know. Mark Twain oh. was quoted as saying the the coldest summer he ever spent in his, or his coldest winter he ever spent in his life was the summer he spent in San Francisco. So, oh wow! <laughs> um, and didn't they write a song that doesn't rain in Southern California? Uh, uh, to me, I thought San Diego weather was the the best weather I've ever experienced, but it was probably the worst, the hardest four months of my life is <laughs> the four months I lived in San Diego. Um, so what kind of engineering controls can we can we come up with? Well, we can have structures, right? Um, uh, storm structures. Uh, and I'm not advocating burying the uh, bus or the connex in the backyard, the doomsday preppers uh, out there to have those, those shelters, but to have a plan would be an administrative control, but to say, hey, where can I go at work in the event of, of severe weather, such as the tornadoes or the thunderstorms? Where can we go? Uh, those are all engineering controls to have that stuff available, plus weather um, uh, forecasting with today's, with the advent of technology and, and Wi-Fi signals. Um, I, I think everybody here can raise their hand that we have some kind of app that tells us when severe weather is coming. Um, yeah. uh, that's an engineering control. Anybody else come up with an engineering <laughs> control? Or sure, lightning rods. Yeah. yeah. Wind socks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a lightning. I have lightning uh, rods on my house, and my house has been hit by lightning since I've lived here in the last uh, eleven years. So, yeah. Um, uh, so I have a question, um, and I don't know, it might fall into one of the other ones. Is there a big difference between? an urban setting as opposed to a rural setting as far as weather goes. Say you like you're putting up a building in downtown somewhere as opposed to somewhere further out and weather conditions come in. Um, 
Is there a major difference in how you're handling that? As, uh, other than I have to go maybe a further distance to find safety? Uh, what, what Significant like? difference. Great question. When you have a, uh, a, a we're going to call it a, a job site that's out in a rural setting, everything is spread out. You have plenty of room for laying down of materials, parking. In, in an urban environment, all of that stuff evaporates. Uh, okay. Your parking um is not on site. You have to shuttle people in and out. You don't have close by from there, uh, but you also have a lot more opportunities for um, for shelter in place uh, because of, of the closeness of the buildings. Uh, there's been a lot of research done on why severe weather doesn't always hit metropolitan areas. You've got the uh, uh, something called radiant emissivity, which is uh, the reflectivity of concrete and glass in, in a concentrated area of downtown creates yeah. a thermal mass that tends to to push weather around those areas. But when you're out in the middle of what I'll call the cow pasture, uh, we're yeah. building those large distribution centers and warehouses. You don't have that. You have a lot of fields and uh, and, and don't equate the height of a building and say, well, we have trees. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> structure because, yes, the trees are tall. They're not as tall as, as downtown buildings, but they're also not reflecting or absorbing heat the same way as the downtown urban environment is. So, yeah, there's significant changes in weather patterns and and you plan differently, um, you know, in a, in a metropolitan urban environment uh you might have a single job trailer uh or connex box on a job site uh we're out in a rural thing a large distribution center you might have 25 or 30 of those trailers but those trailers might be a half a mile away from the actual building um oh, wow. uh, so yeah there, there's when you talk about planning for weather yeah um you've got a lot more um uh, logistical challenges great question great question Good. thank you uh, Administrative controls. So we're talking policies, procedures, uh, weather watches. How soon do you pull people off when there's a lightning event uh, in an outdoor work environment? I don't want to say construction here because we have a lot of outdoor work environments. Uh, people, uh, I used to actually work for the Durham Bulls. I was the operations manager. And the decision to pull 10,000 people out of the ballpark uh, and the players, and, and for me, it was the staff because every seating bowl host, every ticket taker, every vendor out there was under my purview. So saying at what point do I do it 30 miles away? Do I do it 20 miles away? Do And then after the storm has passed, do I wait five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes? At what point do I say it's now safe to come back in? Those are all administrative controls you need to think of well before. And I can't give you a rule and I refuse to give you a rule because Chad, very much to your question, I have no idea what the job site looks like. So so each and every single time you set up a work environment, um, you have to consider what is the, the what are the geographic and weather restrictions that you are uh, that you're dealing with. You know, I think about the folks who do lawn care. Um, they do. Yeah. I mean, my guy shows up and I, I swear to you, he drives that zero turn radius at about 65 miles an hour through my front. Yard. <laughs> no, I don't know how he stays on that bad boy making those, 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 it's a zero radius. So, I mean, he makes a turn at 65 and stays in that seat. He looks like he's on the teacup ride at, at the amusement park, you know, when he goes around the corners, <laughs> but you know, he, he has a truck, but frankly, I get a really good deal because he parks his truck three neighbors down and does three at once. So I don't know what his his plan is or these large ground 
uh, companies or the people who are doing road work. Think about the road workers out there. And we have road uh, construction awareness week coming up and I think next week starts that uh, where you're miles and miles out in the middle of nowhere building a new highway. What are those people? What are their administrative controls? I need to think this through with that process. And uh, disseminate that information, you know, move it forward with training. So everybody knows what the signals are. Um, whoever's in charge of watching the weather knows when to make that call. Um, having a good weather app um, helps in that regard. Uh, we're lucky nowadays we have these weather apps where we can, on the minute, have radar on our phone and say, okay, lightning is 30 miles away. When it hits 20 miles away, we're going to hit the horn or whatever the signal is and call the people in to the shelter or whatever the plan may be. I was just thinking, Dave, as you were talking, I had a little flashback to uh, good old uh, uh, Texas and my job was I hauled fuel. So so I had a truck that said, fire lots at me, make a big, loud explosion. And Chad, just let me, the, the military has an acronym for everything. So I just gave you the acronym for flammable. Fire <laughs> lots at me, make a big, loud explosion. And nice. that was my shelter. When we were out in maneuvers and, and doing our field exercises, they said your truck was your your place, but my truck is a fuel truck. Mm, yep. So yeah, those policies and procedures need to be thought through thoroughly. I guys, any suggested PPE for weather other than a raincoat and uh, dressing in layers? Because we're talking about bad weather, we're talking about hot or cold. How how, how does PPE play into this? Well, sure, you want to have some good. Uh... Uh, slip resistant boots for sure um, if you're on a job site, right? So, and you have to be wary of uh, how the conditions change, especially if it's it's muddy and rocky outside, which we see on a lot of job sites. Um, in industrial uh, places, the, the floor coating may make a difference, you know, going from outside to inside. If there's a mat, make sure you wipe your feet, things Good. of that nature. So boots for me on that one, Tim. I'm uh, um, I'm really big on checking the weather uh, three days before things happen. Um, um, down here in the Carolinas, hurricanes are always an issue. And I always chuckle and say, man, if a hurricane catches you off guard, what cave have you been living in? Because you get three, four, five days notice, you should be making plans that entire time. You yeah. know, what am I going to do? What is my plan A? What is plan B? So for me, every morning I wake up and I say, what's the weather today? So I can choose the right clothes, the right jacket, the right, do I want to bring my raincoat? All that stuff comes into play. Um, you know, uh, uh, and if I am going to be working outside, for me personally, I wear long sleeve shirts, even in the, the high heat of summer, um, rather than sunscreen all over my arms. Uh, I do wear it on my my neck and, and hands and, and when I'm out there exposed, um, you know, uh, but sometimes we want to talk about uh, our environment, what our environment can do. So for instance, uh, I, we were talking about the rain the other day. I noticed one of my gutters was overflowing. So, so I will go out uh, once it dries out a little bit and I will clean that gutter out. Same thing at work, make sure that you have good runoff so that your employees aren't walking through uh, the lake parking lot um, going oh, in yeah. and out. Yeah, no, it made me think of that too. Um, not only the PPE, but just like the the organization of the job site, where things are at. Do you have it like um, 
organized? Is it, are you keeping things clean? Um, because with the weather, the way that it can be in the spring, uh, you can kind of get in the, the hot soup mess, you know, in a hurry, so to speak, if you're not, if you're not paying attention, if you're not being, uh, proactive and taking care of those things. Right. So, um, I know we get high wind events around here. Everybody runs outside the last minute and borders up their windows um, <laughs> yep. um, and then uh, uh, chain down all the lawn furniture. And, 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 and I'm going to pick on myself because my, my deck is, is, is large and it has a lot of stuff out there, but I am actually able to push that stuff into a corner and put a tarp on top of it. that has cables ran through there that has cleats actually in the floor of the deck. Wow. And I can bundle that stuff because we've been through this enough and, and, and I, you know, I don't want to lose my lawn furniture, but, but that is actually part of where I'm going to uh, actually bring us to our last talking point for the morning here is, is that I want to talk a little bit about as part of my emergency action plan. And, and uh, if you, if you know me long enough, you'll know that I am a planner and, and I have an emergency action plan for inclement weather, um, you know, and I suggest in the workplace that you have the same inclement weather plan. Um, Dave, you're a planner too. Talk to me a little bit about what employers should be doing to have an emergency action plan. Well, first of all, um, have your route laid out for and your, your shelters known to all employees have an evacuation slash shelter map posted with uh, you are here. Um, do your training, everybody know the signal, and have a good area. Pick a good area. So if you have a tornado, have that indoor area with no windows or as little windows as possible. Know what to do, you know, when to take cover, when to get under an object, when to avoid objects. So uh, make sure that everybody knows what that is and practice those drills. <laughs> oh, practice. Yes. I, I chuckle at practice. There's... um. Uh, there's a number of things you can do, a tabletop exercise, an actual evacuation drill or a fire drill. Um, um, I worked at a company uh, with World Headquarters in Chicago, and they actually did an earthquake drill for the employees. Um, um, you know, I kind of always chuckled at it and mocked it, but it was actually a really good exercise. Uh, and they found holes in their in their system um, doing drills like that, and one in particular uh, there was this building and I was asked to be the fire and that's with quotes around. I was asked to be the fire and they had this big, long hallway. I mean, this thing seemed like it went on forever and they gave me a, a, a piece of poster board and they had written and some artistic person had drawn flames on her that wrote the word fire. And I was to stand in front of this, this exit door to allow, to not allow people to use an exit door because it was a fire. So I was the fire and this guy came out of his office, look left, look right. And he started chugging down the road. He's coming right for me and I'm waving the sign up and down and sideways, letting him know there's a fire. And he comes right up to me and he stands in front of me and he says, man, why are you blocking me? I said, fire, you have to go another way. He goes, but this is my door. And I said, no, this door is on fire. And he looked at me and he did the old head juke like he's going to go around me like the football player, the basketball player. He tried to like psych me out and I kept blocking him. And then big guy, big guy, drops down his knees and tries to go underneath me. And I'm holding a sign down there. He just oh, didn't man. have a plan B. And it was a wonderful example of that was the same direction he'd taken for decades. Why yeah. was I messing with him by placing a fire there? It was, and it was pretty 
it was it, in hindsight it was pretty funny but at the time it was pretty sad that he literally could have turned the other way and went yeah. out the door and, and you know it, it's just one of those so so, um, so i missed one too rally point right know your rally point if you have to evacuate um and the rally point is usually not the fast food joint down the street um, correct so <laughs> make sure that you get your head count and make sure that 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 Jimmy Joe did not go to McDonald's because he was hungry for breakfast and the horn went off. We're, we're kind of laughing at that, but in Chicago or in Charleston, South Carolina, there's a, a, a group of firefighters known as Charleston seven where a furniture uh, uh, place, a store um, uh, caught on fire and the fire department showed up and the manager was asked if he'd accounted for anybody. Was there anybody else in there? And they were missing two employees. So, uh, seven Charleston firefighters ran in that building to find the two people who were missing. Uh, there were battalion chiefs, deputy chiefs. Nobody was a, a rank and fire file firefighter. These were their seniority. All ran in that building. Uh, the roof collapsed and killed seven of those firefighters. The two people yeah. that they were going to into rescue were actually standing at the back of the building watching the fire from behind it never reported to the rally point they were never in the building uh yeah. charleston seven it's it's a tragic tragic story and there's been a ton of research on there and I, and for those of you who are fire aficionados i greatly paraphrase all the dynamics of that fire other than our the discussion point was they didn't go to the rally point you know that was sad chad any yeah. closing uh, uh thoughts on uh spring weather um nothing new i don't think other than just making sure that your ppe is in order being mindful of uh, the job site one thing i thought of in your story where you were the fire um just to be mindful for even if you're the one who's leading other people is we're creatures of habit sometimes and we will be stubborn and if we've been doing the same thing like you said for decades then i will find a way to even go through the hazard perhaps to do what I think I'm supposed to do. And it might be worth a good look to say, Hey, let's try this again and see if we can kind of work out some of these bad habits because we need people thinking really well about safety, their own safety and others uh, as well. That's actually uh, a great idea for a uh, podcast. We should do one on uh, emergency action planning. Um, Cause I can tell you some horror stories from happening in real life or in the training environment. That wraps up our Safety Unlocked Morning Podcast. I'm Tim Neubauer with Chad Huffman and Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. This is Dave Bittner. And remember, safety is everyone's business. Everyone have a safe week. You've been listening to Safety Unlocked, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety. Visit our website at exceedsafetyllc.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Seed Safety, LLC.